It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Thunder outplayed the Warriors for three of the four quarters, but that first quarter was a disaster. What can this young team learn from quarter number one? Let's talk about it on Lockdown Thunder. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from, including on YouTube. Comment, like, review, all that fun stuff. Welcome to the show, your show. You're a part of it as well. Give me your takes on this game down below. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. We're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder pushing the Golden State Warriors to the brink after getting down by 21 points. The two rookies, Jalen Williams, both show out. SGA gets it going after a slow start. And Josh Giddy is starting to find replicable and duplicatable uh, exploits on the offensive end. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. In this game, we got an update from Jeremiah Robson Earl's health, and he is going to go to the G League, and that will be his return to play program. He'll be playing his first 5-on-5 action in the G League. For those of you wondering, Thursday they're going to be playing the Austin Spurs in Austin. Saturday they're going to be playing the, uh, well, they're going to play the Stockton Kings in the Paycom Center Saturday at noon. So if you have nothing going on on Saturday, you can go check out the Blue and Kings at noon and then the Thunder and Rockets at 7 o'clock. That's a very fun day. That's what I'm going to be doing. So uh, head on over there to the Paycom Center to watch Jeremiah Robinson Earl in a blue uniform. Lou Dort is out with that hamstring injury, and Mark said he was not close to playing on Monday. He's already been ruled out for the game against Houston on Wednesday, according to the injury report. Now, that updates hourly, so who knows if that will change or not. But as of right now, he's out against Houston as well. Uh, and so, obviously, with the, with the hamstring, you've got to wait and see how it progresses on its own. Chet Holmgren out, Poku out, Lindy and Eugene both of the blue still. The Thunder start Wiggins. They start SGA, Giddy, Wiggins, J-Dub, and Kenny. And, of course, the Wiggins... Winning streak ends at eight. But this was a very good test for the Thunder, who played a fully healthy Warriors squad. They didn't have Iguodala, but that's the only player who was hurt. Like, everyone else was not on the report. Everyone else was healthy, ready to go. They just didn't use everybody, but Iguodala was the only one that they couldn't use, who was just truly hurt or out, of course. For the Thunder, if they could have avoided that disastrous first quarter, they would have won this game. I mean, they, they outscored the Warriors in the second, third, and fourth quarters, but in the first quarter, they were hitting and they were missing shots that they typically make. SGA did not score his first bucket in the first quarter 
until four tenths of a second were left on the clock. That means he scored 29 points in the final three quarters. This team just had to avoid the the first quarter woes. And I think that what a lot of it was, was A, your star was not hitting. B, your other players missed quality looks that they usually make. C, they didn't understand how to defend the Warriors because the Warriors have such shot gravity where they pull the thunder out of the paint and then they let up so many paint points. Like in the first quarter, it felt like the Warriors, who are typically, of course, a great three-point shooting team and are a great three-point shooting team, they were making their money by getting in the paint. And they just didn't understand how to defend them. And they settled in, of course, in the second, third, and fourth quarter. And the way Mark explained it was it kind of felt like a boogeyman was in the closet and then we walked over, opened the closet door, and there was nobody there. So then we started playing basketball. And I wonder if that is alluding to the fact of maybe this young team, the youngest team in the NBA, the, the second youngest team of all time, only ahead of last year's Thunder team, maybe this young team, as they're seeing themselves climb up the standings and as they're seeing themselves have success, they still finish with nine wins in January. Remember, January was supposed to be this uh, kind of gigantic test for them. They won nine games. As they do all of that and they go to a nine and five on the month with this loss to Golden State, you're in a position where you can make the playoffs right now. You're kind of hanging around the, those standings of the play-in and only a couple games out of just making the playoffs outright. Then you go up against the fully healthy Warriors, and now you're kind of starstruck. Now you're kind of like, oh, gosh, that's Steph. That's Clay, and they're hitting early. And there's a few more Warriors fans here than we thought there would be. So then they, those Warriors fans, Steph fans, carry that momentum uh, for you in the, in the first frame for the Warriors. And you kind of get shell-shocked a little bit. And I think that it's good for this Thunder team that they got shell-shocked and then showed the resolve to, in that same game, turn things around. And they're going to get three more shots at the Warriors here in, in, in a quick order. I mean, the Warriors come back to town March 7th. They play in Golden State next week. Like, it's going to be a short order of, of data points to see how this team progresses. But you wipe away that the first quarter, and the Thunder are right there with the Warriors and probably and you'll beat the world champions according to you know them outscoring the world champions first the second, third, and fourth quarter. But SGA, I thought it was another moment for him of being a superstar because it's easy whenever you get hot early. It's easy when the defense lets you settle in. But whenever you struggle, I mean, I think he started, what, 0 for 7? When you struggle in that first quarter and don't score your first bucket until 0.4 seconds around the clock, and then to turn that around on a, in a blink of an eye and score 29 points in the last three frames, it's a huge testament to him of, of how he won't get rattled. He won't get, uh, you know, kind of discouraged or frazzled. He's just going to keep chipping away keep doing his job, keep playing his game, and eventually things are going to start to fall as they come. He went 10 for 10 from the free throw line, 1 for 2 from 3, including a huge step back 3. It is, uh, of course, he missed that He missed that one in Miami at the buzzer. But like 9 times out of 10, it feels like, and this is, of course, just not statistically, it's just eye test and what it feels like, but it feels like any time that SJ goes to that slow dribble, wait it out, and then purposeful step back from three, like he's going to make it. It's just something about how he feels or knows that at that moment it's going to go in. I can really only remember one time in a big spot where that failed, and that was in Miami against the Heat on that on that game where the Heat went for 40 for 40 from the free throw line. But one for two from three, 41% from the floor, which is when you start 0 for 7 and you get up to 41% from the floor, that shows how good you were the rest of the game. 
four rebounds, seven assists, three blocks. The block on Looney should have should have had the Paycom Center shaking. Like like it did have the Paycom Center center on their feet. It should have sparked a fast break to tie the game, but they threw away the fast break. Uh, so that's just kind of a young mistake move that they made there. Five turnovers, but he had some really nice passes, including when he got in the air and then dumped it off to Kenny Hustle. And obviously, getting in the air to pass the ball is dangerous in general. But for SGA, it is so important to pick your spots when you do that because when you go in the air, you've already got the defense's attention. So when you go up in the air, they're going to think about you you scoring. They're going to kind of collapse in onto you to kind of make your life harder. And then whenever you can dish it out to Kenny Hustle, then that becomes easier for him to score and easier for the offense to flow. That's what happened there. He had a beautiful, beautiful behind-the-back bounce pass to J-Dub cutting baseline whenever SGA was in the lane and did it on both ends of the floor. In this game, the Thunder started out with SGA on the floor in this in the fourth quarter, and, and they tried. They tried to make their run. Uh, they couldn't do it. And, you know, SGA had a shot to tie this game. He he got the ISO. He teased the step back, got the guy in his hip, went to the rim, and got blocked. Now, you can say that there was contact there, whatever, but, like, you're going to live with that opportunity to tie the game every single time if you're the Thunder. You're going to live with it. And, and SGA was awesome despite the poor start. And the Thunder had chances. And I understand that it feels bad after a loss. And I understand that there's a lot of pressure on this team to, to make sure that they get these two wins against Houston um, this week. Because if you don't, then you can quickly start to see the other switch flip uh, in the other direction and snowball on this young team. But take the sting of the loss away and realize this Thunder team was legitimately bad in the first quarter. SGA was bad in the first quarter. This Thunder team came back from down 21, and they got their opportunities. Shea should have tied it at the rim, but better uh, better defensive play, contact, whatever you want to call it, it didn't happen. You got the miss. Like, like you fouled and got the miss at the free throw line from the Warriors to where Kenny Hustle just could not quite grab the rebound to where Steph did instead on the low block, and that ended the game. But you got the miss, and that cracked the door open for you had you been able to pull down that missed free throw from the Warriors. Like, you were there. You had chances to win this game. You didn't just pack it in and roll over for the champions at home. You were able to continue to fight. And if you add that fight up between now and April, that's going to win you a lot more games than it's going to lose you. And if you go from now to April and win a lot more games than you lose, you're going to be in the postseason, even though this is a very discouraging and tough loss. But these two games against Houston are big because the Rockets, for some weird reason, has had the Thunder number over the last couple of years. But you got to go into Houston Wednesday and take care of business. you got to go in Saturday in the Paycom Center against Houston and take care of business. You want you want to play in? You gotta you gotta bank these games. You gotta have these games in hand for whenever you go out west and you play LA and you play Golden State and you play Portland in a tough West Coast trip. Because if you lose either of these Rockets games, it feels a lot different. And so this is the first time that the Thunder will play with some pressure. And, and we'll see what this young team does to handle that pressure. But despite the bad start, this was a good game for the Thunder and for their young squad. What's good for you is to go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn because they are phenomenal. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for LockedOn because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to, new to FanDuel, that's even better. 
They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel right now. You can bet on Super Bowl 57 with no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if you if your first bet does not win. So FanDuel lets you bet on anything from the money line to the point spread and who will score the first touchdown. If you go there right now, they already have the lines up there for the Super Bowl here in a couple of weeks. I'm personally very excited about the Super Bowl as a Chiefs fan. Jeremiah Rumpsnero is a Chiefs fan. Josh Giddy is a Chiefs fan. So go bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl right now. The Chiefs are one-and-a-half-point underdogs in that Super Bowl. Who will be the Super Bowl MVP? Despite the Chiefs being underdogs, Mahomes is the leader for MVP uh, betting right now. Go bet on Patrick Mahomes to win the Super Bowl MVP. Can he win another ring? Find it all out at sportsbook. At the FanDuel, at the FanDuel Sportsbook. You can go to the app. It's safe and secure, super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings intensely and intensify. So go check it out. You paid for your winnings instantly. They instantly give you out your payment for your winnings. So make sure you go there right now. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports partner of, of locked on in the NFL. Now let's check it out. It is time for the Thunder to look at Jay Will out of Arkansas as a more reputable role piece. The Thunder did not plan to play Jay Will. Like Mark said that at the at the press conference after the game. Did not plan to play Jay Will. But the team lacked energy. They lacked kind of that that spark. And Jay Will came in as a rookie and instantly provided it. And I've been discussing how Jay Dub and Jay Will both provide energy. And this time you saw it with Jay Will especially. 12 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, including a beautiful high post bounce pass between two defenders to Isaiah Joe, who's cutting in the lane for a nice finish at the rim. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Will can be a really good high post playmaker. He's shown that in the G League especially, and he's showing that as he gets more comfortable in the NBA at the NBA level. One steal, three assists, eight rebounds, 12 points. He went two for three from three. And I've been talking about how much he screams after threes, and Andrew Select asked him, like, why? Like, why he screams after threes? And he says that he screams boom after each three as kind of a thing that he does with his teammates to get them fired up. And he says he actually learned that in the G League from one of his G League teammates as well. So another benefit to utilizing the G League. Uh, Mark said that he really changed the game with his energy. And I think that when you look at J-Will, now I don't think that Mark told J-Will specifically before the game that, hey, you're not going to play today. But if you don't get in the first quarter, you don't get in, you know, kind of a couple ways through the second quarter, you probably are thinking, hey, this is a game where I'm not in the rotation because there's been games where everybody 
has not been in the rotation. If typically, if you're in Mark's rotation, you'll play before like the two minute mark in the second quarter, before the ten minute mark in the second quarter. But for Jay Whale, he stayed ready. He stayed. He stayed available for this team. And he had that coast-to-coast layup, which was an up-and-under kind of finish weird at the rim where you, where he showed you some coast-to-coast potential. And I don't think that anyone expected that from him. But I do think that the high-post passing is, is repeatable for him. I think that he can truly become a really good high-post playmaker. I think that the three-point shot is, is sustainable in the sense of, you know, 35% from three, something to where it's respectable for his position. And I think that for him, when you saw him hit that hook shot, when you saw him hit that floater in the lane, like that is his bread and butter when he's at the G League level. Like that is something that he goes to a lot and what helps him dominate the G League, what helps him rack up a triple-double, rack up uh, a ton of points, you know, 20 points in the G League. It's from those hook shots. It's from that low block area. It's something that he works on in shoot-around as well. Those corner three is what he works on in shoot-around as well. Like he is very good at taking what he works on and pushing it into the game and having a lot of success with it and kind of understanding his role and limits and and where he can maximize himself on the floor. I think that that all adds up for Jay Whale. Really good game from him. Josh Giddy. I think we're seeing from Josh Giddy an understanding now of how to play basketball on the offensive end and use his body. Defensively, he's gotten better. He, I still think that he can have a higher ceiling defensively and like he'll continue to get better on the defensive end. But offensively, Last year, he was great facilitating the ball, and you wonder, you know, how he's going to score. You know, can he shoot? All that jazz. He goes one for three from three in this one. And this year, over the last two weeks, he's really gotten more aggressive when he sees a smaller matchup on him. And him realizing that and having the having the kind of realization and the want to to exploit those matchups on pool on Curry at the rim. Those open up so much for his game. Because now you have a go-to. Now you have an ability to say, hey, let's get Josh switched on to a small guard and then let him go to work at the rim because his rim finishing is getting better and better as the game goes on and as the, as, the, as the season goes on. So that's been fun as well to watch. 21 points, 6 assists, 8 rebounds, 3 steals from him, 50% from the floor. Then let's talk about Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. So the other Jalen Williams... 19 points, two assists, four rebounds, a steal, a block, one for three from three, 57% from three. I think that Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara is such a unique rim finisher for his size. Like we forget that like this guy should have been a guard, but he's playing, he's playing the four right now for OKC. And honestly at six, six with his length and his, and his wingspan, the four might just be his legitimate position, like from now on. But he's shooting seventy three percent from the rim, leads all guards in dunks, and is in the ninetieth percentile in rim finishing for his position. Which, according to Cleaning the Glass, his his position is a wing. So that's really impressive to to be tenth in in rim finishing for a wing. And I still believe that that three point shot will start to fall. He went what was it three for three against the Cavs. Now one for three. Keeping it in that range is really good for him. But the rim finishing, he can do it with the massive slam. He can do it uh, by, by, the, by the hook shot cascading through the, through the lane. But he can also do it under pressure where 
the defense has him behind the basket, and then he just somehow contorts his body and goes with a reverse. He can have those those up-and-under finishes. He can switch hands. Like, the way that he finishes at the rim is so unique, and, and there are times where he gets past the ball around the basket, and you're thinking, what's he going to do? He has, he, has no, he has nowhere to go. He's kind of been put in a bad spot. But he makes something happen because of his leaping ability, because of his uh, long arms, because of his just savviness as a scorer. I think that that's been awesome to watch. And over these last few games, it seems like that shot is falling better and better and better. But I really like Jada, and of course, defensively. Something that in the first few games, weeks of the season, of his season, of course, because he had to be sent out for a little bit because of that eye injury, but of his season, people were really overly critical of his defense. I think that you've seen him really sit down defensively and get a lot better. And there's no reason for him not to be even better defensively because he wants to do it. So he gives the effort that you want from him. He has the tools, the intangibles to do it. And he has the structure in place to be a really good defender. We'll talk about this game and how the Thunder lost it. Plus some other news and notes from the game and from the team in general coming up. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And now, go check out the Game to Game Podcast, a nightly recap of every game from around the association. Check it out today. Now, I want to talk about Trey Mann. The regression from Trey Mann this year has been discouraging. There's no doubt about that. A lot of guys, though, get better from year two to year three and not year one to year two, but they shouldn't be regressing at the point that that man is. That is that is inexcusable. I think that he'd tell you that. I think that the Thunder would tell you that, whatever the case says. And we keep waiting for these little moments for him to turn the corner. I think that there's been some. The rim finishing has been really encouraging over the last week. The playmaking has been really encouraging over the last week. And then tonight... Trey Mann walks up the floor, steps into it off the dribble, a three-pointer at the break, and nails it. And when he when he pulled up for that three, I was thinking, what? What? What is he doing? I, I, what? This guy has looked scared to shoot for the last month and a half. And he just pulls up off the dribble like that in such an important spot in the game, but he drills it. That should be Trey Mann's game. It should be step-back threes. It should be catching it and taking the three with no hesitation. It should be kind of being a commanding score. And so maybe that's a moment that can spark him and can break him out of this slump. Because I truly believe Trey Mann can be a high-level scorer in the NBA. And off that scoring comes that nice passing ability that he's shown. But we can say we truly believe it, but you got to see it. So you saw it a little bit. You saw it a little bit. At the end of that game, Isaiah Joe with a really nice game where he scores 10 points. He's just always in the right place at the right time. And the threes that Isaiah Joe hits are just always timely. 
none of them are like, ah, didn't really matter. Like it feels like every three that Isaiah Joe hits impacts the game in such a severe way. And obviously that has a lot to do with the Thunder playing a lot of close games. Uh, most of their games are decided by, you know, five or less points. So it's it's crazy to think of it that way. But Isaiah Joe just always is there whenever you need him and always in the right spot, even on that cut that Jay Will found him on. Like he's always active as a offensive weapon and running around the floor, which is helping you find seams and find ways to score. And it feels like the Thunder always hitting him in the perfect spot. Muscala had that crazy three, which was massive for a comeback attempt. If you remember at the end of the third quarter, it felt like, hey, this game is turning. This game is starting to come around a bit for OKC. But then Steph hits a crazy step three from the Paycom Center logo, and it feels like the dagger in the contest with only a couple seconds left in the third. But the Thunder come right back down and give Muscala a three where he's kind of off balance a little bit right at the buzzer, and he nails it to take away that Steph dagger three and give you uh, some life heading into the fourth quarter where SGA starts the fourth quarter. The Thunder in that frame get it down to a two-point game. They have a shot to tie it at the rim with SGA, and they just could not quite get over that hump. Wiggins is now 8-1 and as a starter. OKC got down 21 points and got it within two and still could not get over the hump. OKC outscored uh, Golden State in each frame except the first frame. There was two lead changes, no ties. The Thunder, here's where they lost again as a, as a young team. The Thunder got outboarded by one rebound. You mentioned how big that last rebound was for Golden State in terms of the missed free throw. And uncharacteristically, the Thunder had one more turnover than Golden State. Typically, this season, the Thunder have been turning over teams at a very high rate and they've been protecting the ball for the most part. Not the case tonight. And then despite the bajillion first frame points in the paint for Golden State, the Thunder actually won points in the paint 54 to 46. The Thunder shot 49, 45, and 85. Golden State shot 51, 42, and 80. MVP of this game, I'm going to go with Jay Will. Like I think that Jay Will is, is legitimately rounding into form on the, on the NBA side of the floor. I know that there's going to be a roster crunch, and I know it's going to be one this summer, next summer, and for many summers beyond that as well. But he's such an easy guy to root for. He's such a hard worker, and he can legit play and legit you know, kind of find a role in the NBA to where I'm not sure what the future holds in Oklahoma City, and, and I'm not as much as I like the guy personally and as a player, I'm not willing to say and stamp it and sharpie him into this roster in five years, but I am willing to sharpie in Jay Will will be an NBA player in five years. Now, will it be in Oklahoma City? I don't know, but I think that he'll be in the NBA in five years' time. It might not be in Oklahoma City, though, just because of the nature of this roster crunch. But I do think that he deserves a lot of credit for how he's played over these last five, six games and as he continues to get those opportunities at the NBA level. Let me know your thoughts on this game. We're going to have Daniel Bell on tomorrow's show to preview this Rockets kind of kind of uh, two-game set that kind of will define the season a little bit. We'll recap the Rockets game on Thursday, Friday, we're going to discuss where the Thunder are at in the standings and how this season will play out moving forward. Plus, on Friday, we're going to have a trade deadline primer for you as well as we get set for the trade deadline in just a couple of days. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 